Welcome into another edition of Inside Carolina's Noon Dish with Don Callahan. And we, of course, are sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Callahan, it is a midweek check-in here at Inside Carolina and the Noon Dish, but I got to I got to talk about Johnny T-shirt first. All right, I got an alert that they have Drake May jerseys. Uh oh, and they have kids sizes. Okay, and so the place to be is Johnny T-shirt on Franklin Street. If you can't get there, order them, but go see them. You got your kids jerseys. Everybody wants a piece of Drake May. There you go, Johnny T-shirt always hooking up. Uh, every North Carolina fan, but especially inside Carolina premium subscribers, you get your 10% off. Take care of them. They take care of us. Now, into the show. And shout out to the true diehards that are in the chat. I could name you one by one, but I won't because you know who you are. Since the last time Don and I talked, there's been a commitment, Don. A big well, commitment. Do we want to first top five? Man, you always like tell me the order we're going to go. And then you break me off, like. Well, right we gotta away. let it. We gotta let people know so that they can submit. Okay, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I like this. Yeah, kid's no, name. Tommy's ready to get out of here. This is going to be a quick one. All right, so <laughs> we're doing top five tailgate food items. Okay, so give us your top top five. We're going to probably have to do this a little bit sooner than normal, so get them in ASAP. And then MVP from two weeks ago, Scott Holland, who was very very active. Is he is he a regular Scott? I think so. He's okay. become one. So I don't think um, um, I don't think he's been the MVP before. But this podcast can be dedicated to you for your efforts two weeks ago. And yes, so Tommy, so give your give us our t- your top five tailgate foods. Tommy, you may proceed. Okay, top five tailgate foods, and remember, tailgate foods, not pregame foods, not sitting in your man cave or your man tower or the way up or your garage, or your barn dominium. It's what you're doing in the tailgate lot, specifically the bowls lot. Shout out to the folks that have come to see us at various bowls lots. Um, somebody brought us some How's teriyaki chicken. Uh, it's been fun. It is, uh, you know, the first, the app, the, uh, yeah, the app state game was in the, in the uh, deck underneath. And then Minnesota was out in the sunny days. It's a it's an interesting vibe in the Bulls lot. Sometimes it's really crazy. Uh, it usually involves local teams that Carolina's playing. It gets a little what bit. What do you mean by crazy? Uh, people get loose out there. It gets okay. loud and it's crowded. <laughs> you know, with Minnesota, their fans were mostly chill and, and pretty cool. I was cool. so surprised by how many Minnesota fans were there. Hey, they travel. I, and you I know was, what? I was impressed. Yes, and and Very what's impressed. cool is they invited us all up there i mean i got emails people telling us everything but yeah minnesota many props to them uh app state crowd it's a good crowd we'll say yeah. that we'll see how syracuse travels i guess in 10 days or so i don't have high expectations but then again i didn't have high expectations for minnesota yeah but there's a lot more northerners down here that come out of the woodworks when their teams are good and syracuse pretty good this year so we shall see, but the bowls lot tailgate action. So top five tailgate foods. Get them in quick so we can get out of here. Got to get out here a little bit earlier than normal. Don, Trey Blue. 
I said yes. a big commitment. I mean, a big young man, six five three ten, and he's a junior in high school. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you feed him, but tell us how he plays. Yeah, so this is kind of a boomer bust sort of kid because, uh, you know, he's every bit 6'5", 310 pounds. Does not look over 300 pounds, though, but he's he's a monstrous kid when you see him in person. He looks actually taller than 6'5". A lot of these kids, they say they're 6'4", 6'5". You see him in person, they're 6'2", 6'3". But he is a legit 6'5", and that might actually be generous. The issue and the reason why a kid of this stature this impressive stature doesn't have more scholarship offers isn't ranked by 247 the last time i checked is his football abilities have not matched up yet with his measurables and you know he's a kid who you know he played um played jv as a freshman they they had high expectations for him heading into his sophomore season we're going to kind of throw him into the fire. And this is at Cary High School. Um, and he actually was benched early on during his sophomore season, but was uh, earned his way back out there and finished the season as a starter. Obviously, starting this season, his junior season at Cary High School. Uh, but um, just not as dominant as you would hope. There are a lot of things that have not clicked yet for him. But if those things do, and you add in his size, his mobility, that sort of stuff. This could be, you know, I mean, I don't want to, th- I'm not saying this is what he's going to be, but I'm saying that if things start to click, I mean, he, he has the ability to be like a franchise left tackle blindside protector sort of thing. You know um, the good news, as far as you know, kind of putting it together on the football field for him is he's a guy who, who does have a private line um, trainer who works with him on the side that's obviously good because he's constantly working on his craft. But I think the thing, too, is it shows just his mindset that he knows, hey, I need to improve in these areas. I, I have the desire to improve in these areas. And I think that's going to go a long way. It's the same line coach who also trained, oh, God, the kid from New Bern uh, who ended up signing with Florida State, Keith, um, forgetting his last name. I'm sure someone in the chat can remind me pretty quickly. But um, – Anyway, so so um, line coach should help him, but I mean, he, I mean, he could by the end of the season things could really click and he could just absolutely blow up. So it's good that North Carolina got in on him pretty early. So legit size, mm-hmm. and how how big of a offer and play is this a, a Randy Clements thing? Because this. You know, this class is all Randy Clements. North Carolina's certainly had some turnover over the last three years at the offensive line coach position, but these guys we're talking about, Randy Clements has a certain style, a certain guy he wants. Mm-hmm. Blue obviously fits that mold. How, how much of an influence there do you think Clements will have in the style of guy North Carolina recruits? So just to, before I answer your question, just kind of step back. Keith Sampson, which I don't think anybody – yep, uh, someone said Simpson. It's Keith Sampson from yeah, New Bern was a four-star kid, end up signing with Florida State, North Carolina, messed with a little bit. But um, to answer your question, I mean, this is all all uh, Randy Clements' decisions. You know, he actually offered Blue just prior to the Showtime camp. You know, during, because if you remember, because you, you, yeah, you were at the Showtime camp, they have like a visit portion prior to, almost like a junior day. And during that portion was when he was offered you know, Clements didn't even wait until the 
um, the camp portion. So I think that was just, I mean, he's just, when you see him in person, very, very impressive looking. He looks like a college lineman for sure. Looking at uh, the composite and the rankings and all that, there's nothing listed. Tell us why and tell us um, how that'll shake out for a so, guy like I'm Luke. sorry, I missed your question. What was it? Looking at the ratings, oh, ratings, the ratings. And the rankings, there's nothing there on 24-7's page. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting because a lot of these rankings are based off of potential and where they will be four or five years down the line as far as, you know, the NFL is, is obviously what they use as kind of their grading system. You know, a four-star guy is a guy that they project to be drafted. A five-star guy is a guy that they project to be drafted in the first round. And then the three stars we've talked about before are kind of underneath of that. So, I mean, I I, I don't know. I I, I, they, I I think he's going to probably get a three-star rating, maybe a high three-star, just because of the fact that he does have that potential to, to be drafted, you know, if things kind of fall into place. But I'm sure that they probably would want to see a little bit more production out of him on – the high school level before they kind of make the dive to a four-star status. It'd be interesting to see Trey Blue at a Cary High School class of 2025. Uh, you know, just a huge young man joins Bryce Baker and Kendon Laudenslager as North Carolina's three commits in the You couldn't wait to say that, could you? Hey, I got it. I was sitting here listening to you talk, and I was going over it. I'm going to nail it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> uh, Baker, of course, the uh, – the biggest name on that list of three thus far, but these guys are pieces, defensive line, offensive line, in the puzzle. Don, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and, and if folks are watching this and haven't read Don's wide receiver scoop that came out, I guess, yesterday, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned a, a ton of guys. And get on the, the uh, chat or get in the premium board and read all about them. One that's interesting is Josiah Abdullah, who I did interview at Showtime and pay attention to. They pull that guy out of Georgia, and that'll be interesting. But don't want to talk about that. I do want to talk about the Shrine Bowl. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, the Shrine Bowl was yeah. a huge deal. Now it just seems sort of like an afterthought. T tell me what's going on there, and tell me how um, it's still important for young men that get selected. Yeah, it's it's a great cause. It's a great foundation it's it's quite an it's it's the highest honor at least statewide for anyone in the Carolinas to receive but it's just one of those i guess events that has been hurt by the sped up recruiting calendar you know it used to be you know a an event you go to i would go i literally would arrive sunday morning before the saturday of the of the the game and there'd be tons of media there interviewing these kids because a lot of them had, hadn't made their decisions yet and they had official visits coming up. So it was important to figure out where they're going official visit wise, where the mindset is like, that sort of thing. They're super media friendly. So you could go and then they have two practices and they're not like a typical all-star game practice where it's just a bunch of walkthrough playing around. They don't take it seriously. It's like legit. Most of the time, it's legit football stuff. They do one-on-one, so it's a great opportunity for film. You know, you can grab kids as they're leaving the practice and kind of talk to them and do interviews. It's a great photo opportunity. But, you know, I mean, North Carolina, you know, they have one more spot, which is something else we probably need to get into, is the new defensive line offer that went out. Um, probably need to get, get into that after this. But 
beyond that, and probably by the time we get there, North Carolina is going to be 100% done with their class, as is just about every other Power 5 school in the region. So the only kids who are in this are the kids who are committed to schools. And in some situations, they might be committed to a school and may not play in this because they don't want to be injured. Or they, you know, especially if they intend on graduating early and enrolling at um, their college in January, you don't want to get injured a week before your enrollment. You know, so it's it's just unfortunate because, like I said, it's a great event. But with the way the calendar works out recruiting wise, it's kind of hurt it a little bit. And there was even before that, there was this kind of there was this I don't know, this has been going on longer than than the sped up calendar. Some of the top guys just didn't want to play in this. And I think some of that was because they wanted to play in, in one of the the Army All-American game or one of those All-American games instead and, and then didn't want to miss so much school, you know, going to two different All-Star games and all that. But, yeah, it's unfortunate because it's a great event. So how many All-Star games are there now? Oh, I mean, I don't know. There's probably not as many as you think, um, but we do have what we have. The, it's formerly – it's not U.S. Army anymore. It might be Adidas All-American Bowl, and then there's Under Armour. Those are the main two. There's a couple others that pop up, like offense, defense has one, you know. And then for the Carolinas, it's really the Shrine Bowl. There's also the East West game, which has completely died as far as football is concerned. It's it's you know because everybody's already enrolled at their at their future schools for football purposes. And there's some other stuff like I think there's a Queen City Bowl and some other stuff, other smaller um events that are more to kind of help kids who have kind of flown underneath the radar yeah interesting speaking of flying underneath the radar you mentioned a new offer on the defensive line and this is what we talked about all leading up to this is that they were done in 2024 unless something changed and if it changed it would be on the dl side don sort of walk us through the process and who it is and what he brings or what he could potentially bring to carolina yeah, so this the the player is Leroy Jackson. He was actually offered about a week ago. You know, for those who've been following recruiting this this summer, the basically North Carolina had one more D line spot open, and it was you know, I'm sorry, God forget his name, Justin Terrell, who ended up committing to NC State over North Carolina, um, and so they decided to kind of instead of just offering the next guy on their board wanting to wait until the season started to kind of evaluate film and see who is a better fit. Because here's the thing. I mean, I've seen a lot of remarks on the message board about how North Carolina is kind of just, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I just don't think that's necessarily the case. Some seasons it might be, but the, but one of the issues with, we talk about the the sped up recruiting process or, or I'm sorry, the sped up recruiting calendar. Well, one of the, the negatives of that is that if you are a guy who's a late bloomer, or for whatever reason, maybe it was injury, maybe you know you had a senior ahead of you on the depth chart and you weren't able to play your junior season. I mean, it's very difficult for you to receive Power 5 scholarship offers. And there are – and what, what happens is, is these guys end up having great senior seasons and those who benefit are the group of five and the FCF programs are able to steal these kids. And then I guess the, uh, the Power 5 programs get them later on in the transfer portal. But um, – you know, I, I I don't think it's a bad thing that North Carolina is kind of going back and saying, okay, who's having a good senior season that we might have overlooked or maybe you know worked on his craft or or did whatever, and 
through that process of watching senior footage, they call it, you know, the first three or four game footage that was sent out. They made the decision to offer Leroy Jackson, who is a kid who Iowa State brought in for an official visit during the summer. And there's some other schools involved with him also. But, and I'm not going to give away too much, he's in the process of scheduling an official visit with UNC, which will be a big, um, big step in his recruitment. Yeah, I saw Lee County when it first dropped. Now, oh, I can get down there. I can see some Lee County, uh, Lee County, Georgia. Yeah. yeah, which is actually a really good program, though. Yeah, in Georgia, a little bit further away for us. Yes, North just Carolina's, a little bit. <laughs> Central North Carolina people. So, Don, let me bounce back to your article. And again, it's on the premium message boards, and it's part of the premium package you get as an Inside Carolina premium member. Um, but you talk about the wide receivers. I want to ask. When, when wide receivers on the recruiting board see North Carolina have success throwing the football in the first couple games, four games, how does that sort of shape there for these 25 guys? How, how much is seeing North Carolina's offense over and over and over sort of help the process along for them? And North Carolina obviously has Drake May now, may not have him next year. Yeah. How does that shape everything? Yeah, so it definitely helps. But is it is a kid looking and saying, oh, my God, i got to go to North Carolina because they throw the ball? Not really, because everybody's throwing the ball. I mean, very few schools are not throwing the ball a ton. And if it was all just purely about throwing the ball, schools like Western Kentucky and some of these smaller group of five schools that just throw the ball a ton and run these super-duper hurry-up offenses would be just nabbing all of the top receivers. And, and that's just not the case. I mean, schools like Georgia – you know, and Ohio State and Michigan, who run the ball a good bit, they end up getting top uh, receivers themselves. So it's not like the be-all, end-all, but it definitely helps. And the whole Drake May stuff, I mean, even if he was going to come back from next season, the odds of that receiver, well, I mean, a 25 wouldn't be playing with well, him anyway. Well, yeah, true. So, But even for a 24, you know, you probably would be on roster, but you wouldn't be playing all that often as we've we've kind of seen. You know, but um, but I mean, it, it definitely helps. And I think it's you you want to know what about the offense you're, that you're coming into. You want to know that it's a passing offense. And uh, I mean, obviously, wide receivers don't want to be blocking. Yeah, absolutely. But they better. They better be able to. They better be able to. But but they're not, you know, they're not worried <laughs> about, you know, Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech. I mean, everybody else is throwing <laughs> the ball too a ton. Absolutely. When you look at this class, the 2025 class of receivers, specifically in the state of North Carolina, I see a lot of North Carolina names on your list here in the scoop from yesterday. Sort of compare it to uh, the class that you just had. It, you know, you've had a ton of talented wide receivers over the last few years out of North Carolina. Sort of compare these classes, 24 and 25, in, within the state. Well, it's really hard to match up with that 24 class. You know, just, I mean, it was so deep. It was so talented. You know, I think really – just about every top 10 in-state ranking that you have seen, regardless of who did it, had probably half of the list were wide receivers. Now, but there are some really good players. And in um, uh, Shamarius uh, Peterkin and Jordan Young, to, you know, to kind of point out those guys, those are four-star guys. But the, I guess the caveat here is that Jordan Young and a guy like um, Jarrell Boulder, who also 
has a UNC scholarship offer and is a receiver. Those are athlete types who end up who could end up playing DB in college also. I mean, I think their senior season, I'm sorry, their junior seasons will kind of dictate just exactly what position they they end up playing or being recruited for, I should say. But uh, yeah, it's it's not going to it's not going to match up with the 2024 class. But there's definitely some some talented names. I'm a big big Peterkin fan. I think he's a great player, and I think that the fact that he's taking kind of a lackluster approach to the recruiting process doesn't take a whole lot of visits. Seems a little bit more focused on basketball than football. Kind of has hurt him as far as the perception and his stock a little bit. But he's a four star guy, has a gazillion offers. And if you watch his film, he is an absolute player. Uh, legit top 200 guy in the nation? Yeah, I think so. I'm a big fan of his. Now, you know, I mean, it's so hard to say. I mean, it, you know, I don't I don't know the nation, so it's so hard. But I think he's a really good – I mean, he's, he's to me, he's a he's a future draft player if if he puts in the time for football. I mean, obviously, you got to worry about that basketball stuff. Yeah, that basketball stuff, man. What what are people thinking? That basketball stuff. Just uh, any other news and notes on the recruiting trail? We've talked about the defensive line offer. Talked about your wide receiver scoop. Anything of note that folks should be paying attention to? You've got some other articles on the site, um, dropping names and, and contacts from North Carolina. But anything that folks need to know about in the next coming weeks, right here mid-season and. 2024 class, I'm going to throw one out and not give you a heads up. 2024 class commitments, who's having the best year so far? Give me two. Ooh, have the best year. Um, well, Javarius Green seems to, I mean, well, not seems to. Um, he he has at least a touchdown every game, and there's a couple of games where he's only touched the ball five times and scored three times. So, I mean, he'd be one of them. And and Jordan Ship, we've, which we've talked about a bunch, you had that big game, in the um, that that Carolina Panthers uh, bowl, whatever it was called, uh, earlier in the season, and then they just played Christ School this past weekend, which has a ton of talent on their team. And of course, Jordan. Th- here's the thing I like about Providence Day, and a lot of people give a lot of hell to, to Chad Greer, but um, if you look, um, Jordan Ship, Jordan Ship has his best games against the best competition. And then when they play someone crappy, he doesn't get the ball a whole lot. And I think that's awesome, you know, because you don't need to beat down. If you're going to beat down the opponent that you're it's clearly inferior, beat them down with some of the secondary players. You know, I mean, obviously, Jordan got some play and, and all the other players got some play. But the games that if you look at uh, Jordan's stats, I mean, the games that he has really showed up and really got the ball a bunch are against the better competition, which I think is awesome. But yeah, I and mean, then that kind of comes around to my point. I mean, he he's played really good when he's he's needed to. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you can see these guys stack stats on sorry people like Jimmy from science class. Yeah. Um, but to see them make plays against the bigger schools, and this works the same way even on up through college as well. Um, anything left? that we need to talk about. I had a question, to be honest, I, I forgot it. And, yeah, well, you're... Uh, you're oh, you're yeah, yeah. No, let me get this in. John Thorpe, this is what my question was. Has the perception changed at UNC changed since the end of the season? I'm not... I will caveat the question and say, has North Carolina's 4-0 start and the way they've looked doing winning in multiple ways has it helped in the 2025 cycle? Have you seen any of that yet? I haven't seen any evidence, but I think 
if they keep on going, it's going to it's going to help. And I think the key to that we need to point out is the fact that two of the games were played on quote unquote national television. I know all the games are national television, but I'm talking about, you know, the Minnesota game was on ESPN. The South Carolina game was on ABC. Am I right in that? So, so, I mean, the eyeballs is, is what I'm kind of pointing at last year, the games that were on quote unquote national television, I'm talking about ESPN, ABC, Fox, that sort of thing. North Carolina, I believe went zero and four on those. Now they're two and oh, which is, which is huge. You know, you can beat the crap out of whoever wake forest on the ACC network. Very few people are watching. So I think North Carolina is right on track to kind of help the perception. I think the perception is good, but I don't think it has risen yet. But I think they're, you know, if they keep on going, especially if you wait the way the ACC is kind of laying out, you know, I mean, Clemson has two conference losses. I mean, that's something nobody's really talking about. And uh, so, you know, I mean, that that opens the door for a lot of programs, including, including North Carolina. I mean, I think Florida State is probably going to um, to win out and or maybe only lose one conference game. And so it kind of puts them in the conference championship. But I mean, if North Carolina takes care of business, and you're playing in the, in that conference game against Florida State. That's that's going to certainly help with perception. Indeed, perception is reality. Going to talk about Johnny T-shirt. I did it earlier, but I'm gonna say it again. Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Of course, sponsors of us. The Drake May jerseys are in. Order them. Go see them. Pick them up. You get 10% off if you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. And they have everything you could possibly want. Basketball season, folks, is around the corner. Go to Johnny T-shirt and get any of that gear. That you need there. National guys pay the bills. It's Noon Dish here with Don Callahan. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Don, I said we were going to get out of here early, so I'm going to uh, bring us back in on the noon dish. And I'm going to go ahead and let you set tone. You can either go to the top five, you can go to another portion, whatever you want to do, I'm going to let you well, host for the next two minutes. Um, you had a hidden question maybe like five minutes ago that I didn't get to. Um, you mentioned what's kind of coming up for those who've been following the UNC Minnesota game from a recruiting standpoint, they had a ton of really good recruits on campus. We kind of gave a cliff notes version of feedback from those visitors in not this week's, the prior week's weekly scoop. So definitely check that out. But I've been slowly kind of unloading those full interviews with those kids and I'm going to continue to obviously do that with, with the bye week. And then we'll have some other updates along the way, too. I mentioned also the interview with the defense alignment that UNC just offered, Leroy Jackson. So definitely check that out. That was posted on Monday. But we'll have continued updates with, with I mean, some, some big-time kids. Some four-star 2025s so are going to, be, going to be huge. And maybe there's always some little tidbits that you can kind of pick up in those interviews. You know, the Trey Blue – it didn't get a whole lot of attention, but Trey Blue, when we did the intro story on him back in, I believe, August, he literally said, hey, look, North Carolina, North Carolina is on top. 
and it's going to take a lot for another school to kind of unseat them. Well, look what happened like a month later, you know, um, or a month and a half later, he ended up committing. So, so um, we have all those things, but I think we had a couple questions in here that you had starred. Do you want to pull those up? Let me throw that one up because this is uh, relevant. Jeffrey Polly is a regular in here, and so I'm going to get his question. Do football recruits pay attention to other sports such as basketball? A lot of football recruits come to basketball games. It seems like the Duke basketball ticket is a gigantic football recruiting tool. Sort of explain how that works. Yeah, I mean, I think they're sports fans or kids. They they are aware that North Carolina basketball is really good. They're aware of, you know, that going to a, a basketball game in North Carolina is a lot of fun. So that is certainly appealing. I think it's also it makes it easier when a kid says, okay, I want to visit your campus. And then the staff says, okay, well, we have a basketball game this Saturday. I have three tickets for you and your parents. Why don't you come on? That makes it easier to kind of lure them over. But I mean, are they making a decision based off the basketball program? I don't think so. I think the, the feeling, the perception is, is that no matter how good or bad North Carolina basketball is right now, in the long run, they're always going to be good. And so that's definitely a perk of, going to North Carolina is that you have a basketball program that you can also support. But I think that's the same for just about any, any student, you know, whether you're a football player or not. Don, do early vibes of the 25 class feel more like early vibes, 21, 22 or 23, 24. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like it's still a little bit, like, I mean, it's obviously you have the, the three commits. And one of them I think is huge. The Bryce Baker one, I don't think it's a, enough um, credit for just how big of a pickup that is. But, um, you know, I don't know. I think we have to, I think I have to wait a little bit to kind of get a feel for that. You know, we still have some big games. The Miami weekend is going to be a big weekend and just kind of see the feedback. You know, I, I feel like for the, the, what was it? The 21, what was the 20, we'll say the 21 class and the 22 class. A lot of that was just a lot of um, a lot of good pull, a lot of continuity within the top in-state guys. Thus far, yes, North Carolina has had some in-state guys visit, but like I mentioned, the North Carolina-Minnesota game, what made that such a big weekend was just the out-of-state guys, the guys from Raven Gap, the guys from um, – oh, now I'm going blank. Oh, the, the, the tight end um, from um, – Logan Farrell from um, um, Illinois coming down. I mean, that's all significant. So for me to kind of feel like the 21-22 class, it's got to be more of a home state sort of feel. And we haven't had the opportunity to see if it's that yet. When, when you call guys and interview them and get their reaction to ball games, what's that process? I mean, I know people come and they visit and you, you mm -hmm. want to get their take. But when you say, hey, what do you think about the team? What's the normal response from young guys? I mean, everything's always positive. It doesn't matter what the situation is, <laughs> you know. I mean, um, and, and you kind of, these kids are smart. They know that I cover North Carolina. And so if a kid is avoiding me, sometimes that's not a very good sign because they don't want to talk about North Carolina because maybe they're not interested in them. But then sometimes they just don't want to do interviews. I mean, that's probably more common than, than the former. But yeah, I mean, that's why I, I literally probably could write up just out of my imagination a lot of these interviews because they're always going to talk about how great the fan base is and how 
great that how welcoming everybody is and all that. And the same is to be said about all these other schools too. So it's not just exclusive to North Carolina. That's why when I do my interviews, I do try to get to the nitty gritty, see where North Carolina is truly at in their mind, what they're going to say and that re- sort of response, because I feel like, I mean, you have to have that sort of stuff in there with, you know, how great the fan base was and how great the atmosphere and everything was. But um, to truly kind of figure out just where a kid's mindset is at, is that you have to dive a little bit deeper beyond, you know, beyond just the visit experience. Like I always try to figure out, okay, what, where does this put North Carolina at in your head? You know? And so I think that's important. And if a kid kind of doesn't want to answer that question, I don't think, I mean, maybe it's not a bad sign, but I don't think it's a good sign, you know, but um but yeah, I mean, and then you have a kid like the Logan Farrell kid who comes out and says North Carolina is in my top three. He had never said that before in a prior interview that I've read. So that's fairly significant. And the fact that he had his three and the two other schools, one's an in-state school. So you got to worry a little bit, but he really had kind of had me convinced that in-state is not going to be a big pull for him. But the other school was uh, Duke. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, I mean, so that's pretty significant. That that to me matters more than him being like, oh, I just, it was just, you know, I had a great time. It was the best visit ever, that sort of thing. Because they, they just always say positive things about, there's never been a bad visit. And, and, and for good reason. I mean, they have the red carpet treatment throughout. Yeah. So, Well, I was going to ask you, um, and you've gotten, I mean, you've been doing this for long enough to know the boilerplate answers versus the legit answers. But I, have you ever called somebody, you know, Joe linebacker or Johnny wide receiver and be like, Hey, it was just calling to see how your visit was. And they were like, it sucked. Never, 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 never. <laughs> not once. No, never. That's why Don Callahan's the best in the business <laughs> because he can talk to these guys and sift through all the positive flowers and give you mock classes and things like that based on experience. Let me ask this question. Steve Brown in the chat, ask it. Great to see you guys. I was wondering if the 25 recruits can take official visits or do they have to wait until the new year turns over? All right, before hey, we got to leave it up because I didn't because re- I was so focused on the fact that he, that this guy pull it up. Does he not look, look like Mike Pence? <laughs> I mean, so none to make it political. All right. The question, uh, take official <laughs> visits or do they? All right. So I, I'm sitting here giving you. <laughs> flowers for your mental ability and then you're like oh that's mike pence go mike ahead pence, pretending to be steve brown um <laughs> so the 2025 guys can can't take official visits until april 1st this coming april 1st now typically no one takes officials until june anyway but that's when they can officially so no official visits from 25s or 26s or 27s during the fall Sorry, sorry, Steve. Well, I'm looking at uh, somebody asked a question about Johnny T-shirt, and I may have misspoke, so I was trying to check it up online. Um, anyway, let me ask another question here while, right. while I'm doing this. John Thorpe's getting in multiple questions. He's going for the chat MVP. Carolina's recruiting aspect, um, you know, Northern California changed now that. Cal and Stanford are in the ACC, and also you know Dallas, Texas with SMU. How do, how does that change any recruiting aspect for North Carolina? I tend to I think mean, it doesn't, but yeah, I don't think it does. I think maybe it makes it a little bit easier, but 
you know, to what degree? Probably a very, very small degree. I mean, ultimately, what and, and this this is the same thing for a non-student when you're looking at colleges. You know, I mean, really, one of the main reasons why Mac Brown focuses on that that six hour radius is because college students want to be able to get home when they need to. And if you're across the country, that's very di- that's very difficult. But if you are if your family lives in Atlanta and you want to come home for someone's birthday on a weekend, that trip is not that bad to do for a few days, you know, um, Stanford, Stanford in that area out there is absolutely beautiful. Yes. But I, I talked to not to, no one wants to hear this name, Dax Holyfield. I've known his dad actually before Dax was a recruit. I've known his dad probably like 30 years and they just mentioned just, how difficult that travel would be. Now they were all for it and probably his parents were probably more for Stanford than Dax was, but, um, and that's just because, you know, it's Stanford, but they were talking about just, I mean, it's, it's like a full day plus commitment to make that travel out there. Yeah, absolutely. Look, KM Shires. Don, you have a great personality. Don? Hey, KM, if you want to renew, hit up Ben at insidecarolina.com. I saw your question earlier in the chat. And then somebody asked, can you order the Drake May jerseys online? Um, I just got online at johnnytshirt.com and put it in my shopping cart and was ready to proceed to checkout. And it said free shipping on orders over $75. So looks like you can order them online. If I'm wrong, somebody correct me. But I, it certainly um, looks possible. So check out Johnny T-Shirt. Trying to find some more questions for you, Don. I see all the tailgates, all the tailgate shows or, or the tailgate. Things. If you got any other questions, drop them in here. Yeah, one, one, you want to go top five, and then if there's any additional questions, we'll go to that. Yeah. If, if they're in. We'll go top five. Okay, Sean Crowley, the, the regular of all regulars in every Inside Carolina Live show. Major props on that. Tailgate foods, no certain order. Hoagies, cheesesteaks. Ooh, I love it. I love the hoagie idea. Kebabs, burgers, dogs, hot sauces, or roasted pig. Preston is more my speed. Blue Shark Vodka, Cabo Waba Tequila, Red Oak Beer. I'm too old for beer on tailgates. Um, use your imagination. Hamburgers, Philly cheesesteaks <laughs> made by my friend's llama. Uh, Alan Minton, dogs, burgers, wings, chips, dip, sun drop. Joe Morris, barbecue brats, low country bull, fried chicken, banana pudding. I, I will say that We've done it all. The tail, if, and if folks have been to the Bulls lot and they've seen the tailgate crew, and I don't think any of them are in here today, but they do it right. And, and it's, most of our tailgate things are themes. So, like, we've got a who, – who, who does it? It's my tailgating crowd, Dodd and all them. They're always in here. Okay. But, but they put together – all the wives put together all these themes for the tailgate. So, the food is unbelievable. For me, the easiest food at a tailgate is something you can pick up. Whether it's yes, wing, I was going to say that. It's a wing or something. Like if I've got to get my hands messy at a tailgate, it's not ideal. Though we yes. did do a low country bull out there, and it was ridiculous. We've done pig. Shout out to the pig cooker that's always watching these shows. Jason, he, he'll do a pig every year. But I'm all for pickup foods. Yes. So I can hold a drink in one hand, shout out Eric Church, and pick up something to eat. All that. So what you, what you think, Don? I 100%, 100% agree. I love, 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 love wings, but I don't think it's a great tailgate food. Just because yep. you're usually standing, 
you usually can't sit down. You usually don't have a great place to put your stuff at and you don't want your hands messy. So mine, um, I love to me. Number one would be hoagies, um, uh, or to sub for those in the South. But, uh, you know, I love hoagies It's kind of easy for that. That's what we did when, when, um, probably the last tailgate I went to, to be honest, we did, um, we did hoagies. Um, I put, I just put down adult beverages, hamburgers, hot dogs, and some sort of chips, pretzels, that sort of thing. You know, I think, like I said, the key is simplicity. Your burgers, hot dogs, you can put on the grill very easily there, pull them off, cook them as needed. You know, the hoagies you can have done ahead of time and just have a big old box of them and just have people grab them when they need them. And you don't have to worry about, as you said, it's not a huge mess. You can have one in one hand and the drink in the other and not have to worry about a lot. You don't want to mess with utensils if you can avoid it. But yeah. So are you a, uh, are you a cook in the lot type person or are you a pickup food? Um, because, you know, sometimes when you, when you're grilling and you're doing all that stuff in the lot, it puts a lot on one person. Yeah. to have to cook it all. Um, you know, we've done the Bojangles, we've done the Jersey Mike subs, we've done the Chick-fil-A, all that kind of thing. So so what's your preference there? Um, so are you talk about if it's me or if somebody else is doing the work. Well, I mean <laughs> I know that answer. If, right, if you're so, if you're having to do the work, would you rather pick it up pre made up. or would you rather yeah. cook it? So I don't I really don't do a whole lot of tailgating to be honest. I'm more of a sit in the man tower sort of person, but yes, when I go when I go and if I'm the one doing the actual planning, I mean, like, I, I guess I was a planning for when I went to the Gator Bowl, which uh, Notre Dame, South Carolina. And I was just like, all right, let's get some hoagie orders in. And we order some, um, some hoagies from a place, um, nearby or whatever. And just, and I picked them up and that was it. But, you know, uh, we usually go to, you know, the Flyers and Hurricanes game and I have a buddy who loves to grill, and I love that. Um, but Look, I don't answer, have I don't have the equipment. Answer this question. This is now supposed to be in the Bulls lot soon. Yes. Campbell game. I, yes, I believe the Campbell game. Now it's it's really kind of turning into like a I must be there sort of thing. <laughs> the, the problem is I kind of laid out the last podcast is that that's like prime time for for doing what I need to do. So I probably would have to be there really early and probably would have to leave before things got loose and crazy as Tommy was describing. Nice. Well, I, I, I mean, it doesn't get crazy. I'm too old crazy anymore. One game a year usually, and it's usually away from Chapel Hill. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, as far as these, these are individual tailgates um, that folks put on. And um, so if you have a Bulls lot parking pass or, or whatever, you know, set up shop, tailgate, do your thing. Uh, people are always sharing, but it's not like it's not like a public event down there. It's individual tailgates, just so I don't gotcha. mislead anybody. But a lot of pe- <laughs> a lot of people do it right up in there, and it is definitely the most. So, fun well, when I show up, am I going to be fed? Um, probably. Okay, let's make yeah. sure. Yeah, I- I'll feed you. <laughs> um, just because you provide me joy at least every week or every other week. At, at so, but you, um, I imagine you can't grill because you have the the podcast to do, right? Yeah. I, I don't. I try to help. Okay. Um, I try to help a little bit, but it's harder having to do the radio show. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's that sort of takes away. That's why away games sometimes are fun because we can get the show done and then in the can before we uh, before we go tailgate. But, yeah, it's, it's still a fun time in the lot. People are so generous and so nice that come around the, the show, the Inside Carolina Live show, and talk to us and share and share stories. And, you know, we met people from New York that are diehard Carolina fans. It's just pretty neat. It's pretty neat atmosphere. We need to get more Don, and Don's bringing hoagies. <laughs> All right, and you can bring Philly cheesesteaks. You got to do that since you're a Philly guy. Yeah, but I mean, where am I going to get that stuff from? I don't know. You got a Blackstone. You can bring that. I'll pick yeah, you I don't up know. one day. I don't know if you want me cooking anything. Anything left? Yeah, you're probably right. Anything left? <laughs> well, what's your top five? Uh, top five. Uh, chicken nuggets. No, okay. t- t- something like that. You know, like okay. I, I can do wings. I just don't like messy wings. Um, well, if they're not messy, they're not going to be good wings. Yeah, but you can get dry rub rings that wings that aren't terribly messy. Um, you know, Makes burgers, you want wings. Burgers, dogs, um, nuggets of some sort. Um, somebody out there at the App State game brought us um, teriyaki chicken or can't remember what it was on a stick that was very easily cooked and served just like the food court in a mall when they're yeah. giving samples yeah absolutely um you know brisket pulled pork somebody does a pig look one year one of my favorite and this is back in the day we did fried catfish in the bowls lot mm. let me tell you now it was on so anything okay. like that but yeah i'm, I'm a certainly the less mess the better type deal and uh nobody nobody drinking too much you know that you got to see and remember the game well yeah i'm not a big drinker when i go to games mostly because i like sports i want to watch sports and i can get drunk anywhere and i'm not i'm not a big drinker anyway and on top of that beer is pretty expensive when you go to any stadium but yeah i mean i want to i want to remember what i freaking saw exactly Last question before we get out of here, because I got a roll. Sean Crawley asks, is there a show Saturday morning in studio? There will not be an Inside Carolina Live this weekend. Um, it is a bye week. Therefore, we are on break as well. We'll be back ahead of the Syracuse game. I guess Syracuse is at 3.30 in a couple of weeks, so we'll be in the bowls lot from 12.30 to 2.30. So come join us out there. But no show this week on Inside Carolina Live. Still plenty of great content at Inside Carolina and InsideCarolina.com. Don, I do appreciate you getting it knocked out. It's always a pleasure. If you're watching this late, shout out, drop your top five on the message boards, and then we'll all have a cook-off one day in the bowls lot. Don Callahan, I'm Tommy Ashley. Johnny T-shirt is, of course, get those Drake May jerseys. It's been the noon dish.